In November, Brazil is set to hold what will be the country's biggest oil and gas auction on record. The administration has lured international players like Chevron, ExxonMobil and BP, as well as major Chinese firms, selling off exploration areas in the famous deepwater pre-salt oil layer. Experts have valued the auction at at least 100 billion reals, which is around 25 billion US dollars. The precise amount of oil stored in the reserves is still uncertain, but it could reach 15 billion barrels, something in the ballpark of the entire reserves of countries like Mexico or Angola. As most state and municipal level administrations are just as cash-strapped as the federal government, and in some cases even more so, the auctions sparked a fight between the different levels of public administration for their own cut of the money. This week we will be talking about Brazil's oil industry, how Brazil rose to become one of the main offshore oil drilling countries in the world, and what challenges lie ahead. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. Ewan Marshall, hello. Hi, Gustavo. What are these newfound offshore oil reserves the government is about to auction, and why does it raise so much controversy? Well, these oil and gas fields, they're also called the transfer of rights reserves because of a prior legal dispute between Petrobras, which is Brazil's state-owned oil company, and the federal government. To cut a long story short, Petrobras paid the government 74.8 billion in 2010, and that's in Brazilian eyes, to have the rights to exploit 5 billion barrels of oil in these pre-salt areas. Just for those not familiar with the concept, pre-salt oil is found in reserves buried deep underwater, below a layer of minerals, hence the name pre-salt. And the oil there is of very good quality. However, the thick layers of salt above it require large investments in order to extract it. Yeah, precisely. So in 2010, Petrobras pays this whole load of money for these 5 billion barrels of oil. But since then, a lot more oil was discovered in those same areas. And I mean a lot. There's some 16 billion extra barrels per some estimates. But if Petrobras paid for the rights to explore these oil fields, isn't it entitled to that extra oil as well? Well, no, because in Brazil, the rights over mineral resources, they work differently from in other countries. Because you can't, let's say, you can't strike oil in Brazil because everything that's under the soil actually belongs to the nation, even if it's on your private property. So, like, for example, a, a Brazilian version of the Beverly Hillbillies would have seen the lead characters forced to stay in the mountains because that oil would just belong to the country. Anyway, this rule that the country owns everything under the soil, it's got a lot to do with how the Brazilian oil industry was conceived right from the start. So the oil age in Brazil can roughly be divided into three eras. You've got pre-Petrobras, then you've got the period in which Petrobras held a, a new total monopoly, and now, after the Petrobras monopoly has been broken, that's talking about the late 1990s until today. So, Iwan, how did everything start? 
Brazil joined the oil party very late because while the drilling boom in the United States happened in the 1800s, Brazil's oil industry is just 80 years old. And there were a few attempts to drill wells here and there, but the first really profitable reserves were only commissioned in 1939, and that was in a poor area of Salvador. And headlines at the time, they talked about Brazil finding this black gold being found in Bahia. What is sad is how little we cherish this memory. I mean, you go there and there's only an abandoned square with a small reference to this major milestone in Brazilian history. No museum, nothing actually. But anyway, tell us a little bit more uh, about how we ended up having a state monopoly in the oil business. Well, at the beginning, there were some forces which argued that the oil business should be carried out by the private sector. Like in the US? Yeah, like in the US. But there were a few factors that made that impossible. Uh, For one, the Brazilian elite at the time was extremely conservative and didn't really want to venture into this kind of new business. They preferred to keep their financial interests in agriculture, which is where they made their money in the first place. But even if local entrepreneurs didn't want anything to do with oil, opening up the reserves to foreign companies was not on the table, right? Why is that? Well, yeah, it was the 1940s and nationalism was right at the center of the Brazilian zeitgeist. The country was under dictatorship that kind of flirted with fascism sometimes and also passed a constitution which granted the federal government all the rights over underground resources that includes water and minerals and oil. That was the time when Brazil was taken over by a campaign called, quote, the oil is ours, and it opposed nationalists seen as true patriots against the, quote, entreguistas, which is a Portuguese derogatory term used in Brazil when you want to accuse someone of wanting to just hand over Brazil's national riches to foreign groups, Yeah, and out of that conflict, that was where we got the creation of Petrobras in 1953. No dia 3 de outubro de 1953, o presidente Vargas sancionou a Lei 2004, criando o monopólio estatal do petróleo e a Petrobras. Not all people know, but Petrobras is short for Petróleo Brasileiro, or in English, Brazilian Oil. Yeah, that's right. And until 1998, Petrobras held the exclusive rights to Brazil's oil. But the the company wasn't exactly like a a juggernaut. It was producing 169,000 barrels a day at a time when Brazil imported over a million barrels per day. And what was the turning point for Petrobras? Well, it turned out to be offshore drilling uh, because the first underwater reserves were discovered in 1979. And to have an idea of how important these reserves were for Brazil, the country's output went up from 220,000 barrels a day in 1980 to four times that amount in 1995. In December 2018, though, Brazil's output was of 3.2 million barrels a day. What allowed that jump? Well, that came about after the end of the state monopoly, which was signed in 1997. And from that point on, Brazil became more favorable to kind of opening up its markets and production more than doubled within 10 years. And it would be in 2007 when Brazil discovered these massive pre-salt deep water reserves that we talked about earlier. It was at that point that the government took a much more active role. For those reserves, Petrobras would be the sole operator for years, right? Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, but then the company was plunged into its worst crisis of all time, thanks to massive corruption and you know awful administration. And in 2015, Petrobras was the most indebted oil company in the world. And since 2016, the monopoly over the pre-salt layer is over, which brings us back full circle to this upcoming auction. But one could argue that losing the monopoly was actually beneficial for Petrobras because, I mean, the company did retain preferential rights over reserves, but uh, it is no longer obligated to operate in less profitable oil fields. Yeah, that's definitely a fair point. And now that climate change has become a core point in the global agenda, how is Petrobras planning for the future? Well, in recent years, the company has started to invest in like alternative energy sources. But this kind of stuff has all but disappeared from its latest strategic plans. The company still relies heavily on divestments to kind of boost competition in oil refining, which is still one of those parts which is a bit of a de facto monopoly for Petrobras. And while selling off these assets is positive, the alternative sources of energy, all of that sort of stuff, has taken a complete back seat, which makes Petrobras an outlier in the sector. And, you know, we've already written about that on the Brazilian Report website. Next, Brazil deals with the major mysterious oil spill. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Lucas Berti and I work at the Brazilian Report. Do you like the Explaining Brazil podcast? Then please, rate our show on whatever platform you may be listening to. And don't forget to share it with your friends and co-workers. Many people write us asking how they can support this show. The best way is by subscribing to the Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. You can enjoy a 7-day free trial and subscription plans start at only $3.90 per month. That's cheaper than drinking chuladas a month at Starbucks. Go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. Since early September, Brazil has witnessed the appearance of mysterious oil spills on the country's northeastern coast. Since then, these stains have been found at more than 150 beaches and have highlighted Brazil's lack of coastal monitoring. Maria Marta Bruno is there covering the case for Al Jazeera. Maria, where exactly are you and can you describe what you've seen so far? I am in the city of Maceió, uh, in the state of Alagoas, northeast Brazil. I'm here since last Friday. And the situation is, is really bad in some of Brazil's most uh, beautiful beaches, like Praia do Gunga. It's a very famous uh, destination for Brazilian tourists and is easily among the pristine beaches in, in, in the country. We have seen large stains of crude oil spilled in uh, a big area of the beach which is during the weekends packed with tourists and, and locals and the interesting thing is that the amount is uh, there's so much oil there that when you're driving 
near the, the sand, you can smell the oil real strong. We talked to fishmen in the area and they say that they have found five turtles dead. We also went to other cities where locals said that there's a lot of dead fishes. So it's an alarming situation. And here in Alagoas, we talked to an IBAMA officer, the Brazilian Environmental Agency, and she told us that this is an environmental disaster. There are plenty of hanging question marks in this case. Like, nobody has been able to pinpoint exactly what is the source of the Hoyo, but it could have come from Venezuela, right? Is that what you're hearing? Petrobras uh, released uh, an analysis last week saying that the crude oil found in Brazilian beaches, it's a blend of three oils produced in, in Venezuela. Uh, the, the Brazilian company didn't say and, and, and made no connection with the, the oil spill and only said that the substance matches uh, substance that are, are produced in our neighborhood country. But PDVSA, which is uh, the Venezuela state-owned oil company, promptly <clears throat> denied that. But on the other hand, we must say, we must remember that President Bolsonaro claimed three times last week that it was a criminal spill. And he said that they had one country on the radar of the investigations. And he also admitted that there is no evidence to base his conclusion. So it's something that uh, needs further investigation. There are uh, a lot of fronts who are doing this. We must say the Navy, the environmental, the Brazilian Environmental Agency, the, the federal universities, researchers from the federal universities are <clears throat> also uh, trying to help because they're on sites. And so uh, we hopefully found the, the, the source of it to, to make it, it stop. Because the problem here, Gustavo, is that the tide keeps on bringing new oil, which maybe means that uh, the oil, the, the spill is still going on. It could also be related to Shell, apparently. Well, uh, investigators and researchers from the Federal University of Sergipe, a nearby state, uh, also in the northeast of Brazil, they found and they analyzed uh, two barrels that uh, appear in, in Sergipe's beaches. And the results show that they matched with the substance that has washed up uh, the beaches in the, in the northeast. However... Shell denied that, saying that this is a lubricant, it's a different substance, and the Brazilian Navy has also denied that the substance found in these barrels matches the ones that uh, are washing the sands in the northeast. So now the environmental ministry has ordered Shell to give further explanations within the next uh, 48 hours and hopefully we will know uh, the truth, at least about this episode. But uh, there are many hypotheses concerning the, this disaster here in Brazil. And another one, which is very strong, uh, concerns rogue ships who are uh, 
sailing in the coast of Brazil with no regulation, were clandestine, and maybe with uh, oil traffic, which is a very profitable activity in, 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 in the oceans. This could be the largest environmental disaster in Brazilian history, at least in terms of physical size. I mean, the oil stains appeared in nine states along a 2,000-kilometer coastal line. And how has the government's response been so far? I mean, the Bolsonaro administration has taken hate for its environmental policies. This could be a chance for redemption. The first um, stains of oil were found in the Brazilian coast, in the northeastern coast, uh, early in September. However, the federal administration, the Bolsonaro administration, had only started ordered an investigation about it last week, uh, meaning uh, a month later, the first uh, stains were found here. So it says a lot about uh, how federal administration handles uh, our calls. So one thing that concerns me the most, we've been driving uh, on the calls and we haven't seen no boats from 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 the navy or not from from the armed forces we know that the federal administration is here basically by uh, some officials from some employees actually from petrobras who were working on a task force in one of the beaches here in alagoas and the people from ibama from the environmental agency but besides that we haven't seen no federal official. So I think it says a lot about how the federal administration has been handling it. And what have you witnessed in terms of environmental and economic impacts? Hotels and tourist agents are really concerned here. They say that um, some visitors who have booked uh, some days uh, here and some, or vacations or some days off their emailing and they are in contact to know if uh, the oil have has reached uh, the area where they are going. The the Consumers Pro- Protection Agency in Sao Paulo said that tourists who booked trips to to beaches in the northeast and to these destinations they can uh, ask for reimbursement. And regarding the sea life and and the local people who depend. On, on it, it's really concerning because they still don't know the extension of it. Fishmen, for instance, they totally depend on what they do on a daily basis. And for instance, if they found like the guy, the person we talked to uh, last Saturday, like five dourados, a typical fish from the region, dead. So these are losses important losses for them and also for environmentalists, for NGOs, for universities who who work on site for years. It's very worrying. Projeto Tamar, a very traditional and, and old biology project based in the north part of Bahia State, they had to move uh, the place where they, they put the, the baby turtles back to the ocean because of the oil spills, they had to do, they had to verify a clear area to put the baby turtles back to the to the ocean. It's still hard to 
figure out the extension of this, of this to nature. For now, what we have, it's uh, a lot of videos and, and lots of people talking to us, mostly of uh, affected turtles and, and fishes. So this is something that probably we'll have to we have to a conclusion of uh, in the further weeks on how it impacts locals here who depend on this to work. This podcast was written and produced by me, Gustavo Ribeiro. Ewan Marshall edits the final script. If you like the Explaining Brazil podcast, rate us on any platform you may be listening to us. And don't forget that the best way to support this show is by subscribing to The Brazilian Report. You can enjoy a seven-day free trial before committing to a subscription plan, no strings attached. You only need to add your credit card number after you decide to subscribe. And we bet you will. Go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. That's all for now. See you next week.